Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. I believe some football took place this week, but I don't really remember it very much or want to talk about it. But anyway, here we are. Uh, I'm joined by Jay Tomlins. It's a weekend, Jay, where Chelsea haven't played. So, you know, at least Chelsea have not ruined our weekend once again. Uh, how are we doing, my man? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm enjoying the bank holiday weekend. It's nice when it's not ruined and it like the same happened last weekend. Like you can deal with it in the week because it's kind of like roll with the punches. But then, you know, when you're weaking, it's ruined. So maybe in the future, just let's just play midweek every week because <laughs> this is nice. But yeah, I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. As I said, and it's warming up a bit. It's actually very nice. It's been very nice weather this weekend here in the UK. It's it's very, very nice indeed. Um as always, your guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. So, Jay, tell people where they can find you and all your stuff. Yeah, cheers, man. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm on YouTube primarily. YouTube's kind of like my bread and butter. So I do Chelsea videos on there, talking about all the news, previews, game reviews. When I can get to a match, I'll do a vlog as well. Just anything, Chelsea. Uh, the channel's called Jay Tomlin's FC or JTFC. You should be able to find. You'll see my big face on every thumbnail. So <laughs> check it out if you don't mind. Cheers. Lovely, lovely stuff. All Jay's links will be in the description. Now, before we get into the episode, important news. Well, I don't know if it's important to you. If you recall, at the end of last week, I said Jack was running the London Marathon. He has since run said London Marathon. The boy absolutely smashed it. Two hours, 49, 25. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. He's a monster. For context, when he ran it the first time uh, in October 21, he did two hours, 56, 43. So he smashed that by over seven minutes. Uh, the boy did good. Uh, as I said, if anyone recalls, he was, you know, as I say, for new listeners, you're not going to have a clue who he was if you started listening this season because he's not been around. But for, mm. for OG listeners, you'll know who Jack is. Uh, it's type of pod. Pod wouldn't be where it is without him. Um, so again, if anyone wants to donate, the link will be in the description below. But the boy absolutely smashed it. And that was a very proud, proud feeling uh, last Sunday. And I said it was, you know, wonderful because, you know, later on I was coming home and I saw Spurs were losing 5-0 to Newcastle and would go on to lose 6-1. So it was a very glorious, glorious weekend. Um Jay, a lot has happened since I last saw you. And since you lost some pod, now you lost some pod when we lost to Southampton under Graham Potter. 
But I last saw you when we beat Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League. <laughs> and, you know, that was a wonderful night. And since yeah. then, Chelsea have won one game of football, which was a few days after that Dortmund game. It has been hell. Um, so let's get into it. Brentford, that was one of the worst games of football I've watched this season. Not just in terms of Chelsea, which is bad. In gen- just terms of general quality, that game was genuinely abysmal. We lost 2-0 and Brentford had one shot on target. <laughs> like. <laughs> Brentford weren't even good. Like, and their, their shot on target was also a bit deflected. I didn't realize till after that their, their goal was also a bit deflected. But genuinely, like Brentford weren't even good. They didn't need to be good because we shot ourselves in the foot. Um, Jay, that was abysmal. The lineup was absolutely abysmal, and it kind of showed the fact that there's halftime changes, which Alba and uh, Mudrick come on, and we look a tiny bit better at the start of the second half. But geez, that, that was grim, grim Wednesday night, wasn't it? Yeah, man, it, it's a weird. It's it, I feel like every game we've said, oh, that was the worst game yet, and then the next one comes around, and that's the worst game yet, and then yeah, Brentford comes around, and that was legit the worst game yet. It was crazy, man, how bad it was, how poor we were. The setup was so wrong. The attitude from every single player was all wrong, and yeah, just it's just a slippery slope that you don't really see climbing much. You know, climbing higher at any point, it just keeps going from bad to worse. To worse, I think, like you said, there was that you know exciting 15 minutes in the second half where you thought maybe we could do something, but typical Chelsea, we don't capitalize on any sort of pressure or any sort of dominance that we have. And then, yeah, we we capitulate to Brentford, who had had been like you say that they weren't great in the game themselves, but they hadn't been great for that four games prior. Like they, you know, they drew a couple, they'd lost a couple, they weren't the Brentford that started the season so strong. So even we can't even beat them. So yeah, it's just. It's such a deflating feeling. I said this in my uh, in my video. It's quite a funny story. Uh, <clears throat> watching the game, I was sat there watching it. Um, I was actually kind of excited for it. Don't know why. Getting delusional, I think. Um, but uh, I was watching it with my girlfriend, and my girlfriend goes to the other side of the room to to do something, and then she goes, and all she hears is Brentford have scored, and like she looks over at me, expecting a oh for God's sake, all all sort. I just sat there emotionless, not even moved, didn't even breathe, just sat there, just continuing watching the screen. She's gone. Are you okay? Like that worried her even more. She was like, "Oh no, what's going on?" Because <laughs> that's how where we're at now. That's the kind of emotionless feeling we're at right now, isn't it? Yep. As I said, I knew people over from America for who've been over for the last month who I met up with prior to the game, and that was literally all I cared about Wednesday. Just seeing them and having a nice time for one. But football was just something that sort of had to take place. Um, look, Jay, we could talk about it. Like Raheem Sterling was the only forward we had on the pitch to start that game you sort of had Conor Gallagher and N'Golo Kante sort of just behind sort of like these whatever pressing whatever pressing attack whatever role it was you know we kind of worked to an extent against Real Madrid uh, but you know that's Real Madrid and this is Brentford and Brentford set up differently to Real Madrid um, it was really bad and Jay is a fifth loss in a row under Frank Lampard you know it, it's not fun and I guess what's what I find just most depressing is that Frank just kind of seems or has just got seems unaware or has just gone away from what actually made him his first time in charge fun with sort of this youthful attacking almost naivety whereas that was just so boring so depressing and so defensive but it didn't even work like Mm. it just feels like this period of him coming in is just sort of like been a waste and it's just sucked out even more John this was an opportunity just to try and inject some enjoyment in life I don't think we expected us to win loads of games 
but we thought there might be something to enjoy. But Chelsea have been utterly drawn. So they scored one goal in these five games, which was a deflected shot uh, from Conor Gallagher against Brighton. Chelsea have been so drawn. And it's just really kind of sad and depressing that Frank, the way the team's out always playing, like, it's just so joyless, even under him. And we thought when he came back, there might be some joy to the end of the season. Oh, Chelsea, we'll look forward to watching Chelsea play. There'll be some excitement. And that initial excitement literally dissipated, like, in, in those first few games. And, I mean, Brentford was just truly, truly horrible to watch. It was just so joyless. And I guess that's just the strange thing that Frank, we know he's not an amazing coach, tactically, and etc. But his team was fun, you know, in that first spell. His team was fun to watch, even if it was also did have you sort of hiding behind your sofa at points. But there was yeah. sort of an excitement to it. This is just boring and depressing. Mm, for sure. I think he's he's fell into that trap of like, he's like desperate for a win now, isn't he? You know, after what's happened and after going out in the Champions League, he's desperate for that win to try and turn it around. And, and instead of being so, you know, like adventurous, like you said, and youthful, he is trying his absolute best to be the most boring kind of drill a 1-0 win out of this squad. And, and that's just... Silly at this point, we have you know like a handful of games left. It doesn't really matter. The table, you know, we're not going to climb up the table at this point. He needs to go forward now and play fun of football. He needs to play some of the kids that we know are going to be around for the next couple of years, you know, like the Madawakes, like the Chukwemekas, and and get us excited for next season. Now, I think like he was maybe too focused on getting a win to the point where it was like damaging us. And the setups that he was playing, because I think like for the last five games that he's been in charge, no one's been happy with the lineup really. <laughs> like he's put up a lineup that everyone's gone, oh, what is this? Um, so yeah, no, I agree, mate. I think and I was excited for Lampard. I thought exactly what you you just said there. I thought he'd come in and bring some fun, and he's actually sucked the life out of it even more. So hopefully, hopefully he can see that. And even now going forward, even though these are you know big difficult games, hopefully he still attacks them in a, in a, a funner way because that's all we need right now. We don't need loads of points. We don't need. We ain't gonna get a trophy. We just need a little bit of fun to see us out. I think. Yeah, no, exactly. And as I said, it's pretty damning, you know, that he make, you know, we see at half time those attacking changes, Mudrick coming on and Abamian coming in and saying, well, Frank, why didn't you start them? Like, why? Why are you, t- I mean, fair play, you realised that for half time, but why Why didn't you realise, you know, before the game started, this was something we needed to to go. And yeah, it was just, it was just really grim, frustrating night on Wednesday. And it just, yeah, it sucks. Look, we're not going to get relegated, people. Though, like, and it's quite seeing in the, in the immediacy afterwards, like seeing everyone going, "We're not going to win another game this season." Yeah, we might not. To be fair, we're still not getting relegated, people. Like, we're not. Um, Brentford did us a solid yesterday, beating Forest. So Forest are nine points behind us, and they've only got four games left. And obviously, we've still got to play them. So you know, avoid defeat against Forest potentially. Uh, you know, but again, we, they've got probably a game before we play them. But still, we'll probably be safe uh, by the time we play them from them. Southampton uh, need to win all their remaining five games and overturn uh, a 25 goal differential to us to, for us to be in danger. Leicester and Everton play each other at the week uh, on Monday night. And then whatever happens there, there'll be at least a, a, a minimum, a 10 point gap to one of those teams. So, and then they'll have four games left. So as I said, people, honestly, you know, if anyone is worrying themselves or working themselves about relegation, chill out. Frankie says, relax. Okay. <laughs> I'm just imagining Frank just with like a over that from that shirt Ross is wearing. Your friends just like a really tight big shirt, just talking to the Chelsea sport saying, "Just relax." But yeah, it was 
oh, it was really bad. Um, but it doesn't really matter a huge amount. The most, the most important game, the most important result that happened on Wednesday night was Manchester City beating Arsenal. So Wednesday night was still a success for me. I still left Wednesday night being, I'm in a happier place than when I started it, despite <laughs> Chelsea losing, because City are getting that bit closer to the Premier League title now. And Jay, City could get even closer to Premier League title if we were to pull up, you know, pull our socks up and actually hammer sort of that final nail into into the proverbial coffin when we play them on Tuesday. Cool. Not playing them this weekend because the Met Police were like, nah, we can't actually do this game. You know, we, we need it to do to move to Tuesday. We don't have the people, even though they've known about this game for time. And yeah, it screwed some people I know who were planning to go over. But anyway, Arsenal. They're on one in four games, Jay. As we've seen, Southampton, who are bottom, put three past them. They are defensively vulnerable. But yet, in my heart of heart, in my head, I know that Arsenal are going to get probably one of it, are going to bounce back. We're going to, you know, I can see if they had an Arsenal bounce back uh, on Tuesday because they're going to have probably quite an easy game against us, I imagine, which is really depressing because you kind of think that this would be the time for Chelsea to sort of, if they had anything about them, to stick that final nail in Arsenal's coffin and get something because Arsenal are vulnerable and can be got at. But this Chelsea team is so bad that I've got absolutely no faith for, for Tuesday night. But thoughts, feelings, Arsenal Tuesday night, it could have been, it could be a really fun night with a lot of potential. But realistically, it's just going to be another depressing one. Yeah, mate. Um, it, what I just said about how like the rest of the season doesn't really matter. There's one game I was wrong. There was one game that does and it's beating Arsenal to let them lose the title. It'd be beautiful. It'd be poetic. Actually, I don't know if you realise, but it's on the 2nd of May, which is yep. the anniversary of Battle of the Bridge, which is what stopped Tottenham winning the league or at least challenging for the league that year. So kind of like there's a poetic justice to that as well. I think, you know, it's got to come around again. Um, it, yeah, they are... They are an emotional wreck at the minute, Arsenal. I think the one, you know, like you just said, the one saving grace of the season is seeing them kind of capitulate at this moment because, you know, there's nothing else that we can celebrate. Um, and yeah, I think I think Arsenal's biggest problem is emotion. I think, you know, they've got the squad. They've had a few injuries, to be fair to them, which hasn't helped. But emotionally, from, from the manager to the players, they really can't hack these big moments. And that's what's seen them lose the points that they have. And, and that was, you know... Um, at most present at, against City where they completely just lost it and they should have lost that game by more than four. It should have been like six. Harlan went easy on him, I think. Um, and I think there's just something in that that we need to try and tap into. They'll know, um, you know, that Arsenal and Chelsea is a big game anyway um, with the added pressure that, you know, um, losing this game to us could, you know, give really give City the upper hand now and, and they'll go above them properly and like cement themselves almost pretty much as the champions and that kind of pressure I'm hoping will get to these players as it has done against Southampton as it does against West Ham Liverpool and a City of course and I think one thing that Frank needs to do is to drill that into these players he really needs to let them know how this game will be affecting Arsenal and actually uh, on my preview someone commented say you know we're just as scared as you are. Like Arsenal fans are or like, uh, they haven't been watching us clearly this season, but like they are actually nervous. And I think that's one of the biggest things we can lean on is the fact that their emotion in that kind of, in that kind of game will start to crumble. I think the only downside is that it is at the Emirates. I think if it was at the bridge and, you know, we could have got the atmosphere up and them get them a little bit, you know, behind the lads and like, um, you know, start to make them crumble that way. But, you know, we saw Frank, 
beat Arsenal at the Emirates in his first spell, which was one of the better days in Frank's first, you know, tenure at the club. So yeah, I think maybe blindly optimistic, but maybe this we can do something here. They're really vulnerable to a press in the midfield. So I think, you know, Kante being in form could do us some favours. I don't think we should start Gallagher though. Um, on the, in the same breath of that. But yeah, maybe I'm, I'm optimistic for this one, mate. Yeah, I'm not at all optimistic. I think we're going to lose quite comfortably, <laughs> unfortunately. But, you know, we can dream. And look, if we can shithouse a draw, that's also absolutely fine. As long it. as Arsenal drop it. points, it is a success. Um, with that in mind, Jay, should we just pick a quick team for Arsenal then? Um, Kepra is obviously goal. I'm yeah. kind of torn because the back playing a back three without Reese James as a wing back, I kind of think is a bit pointless, but also have zero faith in us in a back four under Frank. Um, I think a back three is probably best for us defensively. So I'm saying Fafana, Silva, Badiashile is a back three. I'm then saying you've got obviously Chilwa as a left wing back. And I'm saying you bring back Ruben Loftus wing back for, a, yeah. for one final shift as right wing back this season. Plug him in there. I mean, I don't really want to see... Was Aspilicueta playing wing back? I'm trying to remember. Aspilicueta was playing wing back, wasn't he? He was playing yeah. wing back against. Yeah, and that was. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I don't hate what you've just said. To be fair, but I, I think if we're gonna play as we play the back four and tell him don't go past the halfway line, like stay back, let yeah. Shawwell go forward, and then it's a back three with him in that with like a silver and a silver or Badashile or Fafana, one of the, two of the three of those, like that could work. But if we are going to insist in a back five, then hundred percent. No, 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 Asbury and Loftus Cheek. I think those are the two ways we have to play if, if around Asby. In my midfield, I've got Enzo and Ingolo Kante in my midfield too. And then up front, I'm going yeah. for narrative and I'm going for pace. I've got <laughs> Mudrick, yeah. Bamiang, and Madawaki. Yeah. Joao Felix, you can stay on the bench, my man. We'll get on, we I, might get onto you a bit later, but. I completely I'm, agree, mate. That's, I mean, Bamiang is like a worry, but. Just like you say, a narrative. I didn't. Like, yeah. He was the best player on the pitch, probably him. And, like in the second half, like he actually looked a bit of a goal threat. Like he was yeah, good he apart from doing his job shot. of actually scoring. Right, he <laughs> yeah. did, he looked quite good in like involved till it actually came yeah. to the shot. But I'm going him and then I'm Mudrick because I think he's we're slowly seeing some signs of him sort of growing in, oh, in confidence sure, yeah. a bit. And again, I just think the pace it just gives something Arsenal to contend with. And you know, Frank, please go for something like that. So yeah, I've got you know it's. They're Free struggling the in the field as well, yeah. like Partey struggling, Jorginho's coming in and not, you know, like doing as much as they thought he would. Like we need to get at him in the midfield and having pacey players like Mudrick, you know, getting involved with that, Enzo and Kante trying to like dominate that. There is definitely a battle to be won there. Yep. So that's that's a team I would like to see. Uh we'll wait to see if that happens. But yeah, I'm, go- I'm going, come on, Chelsea. One one big right. If you if you put in a similar like level performance, like you in that second leg against Real Madrid, like the first 60 minutes. But you can carry on for 90 minutes, then, you know, you've got a chance because that was actually genuinely some good stuff we played there. Um, mm-hmm. And I just hope that they can get themselves fired up for it and they know how much it means to the fans and how much it would mean to to stop them winning the league. You know, 15-16, that group knew how much it meant to the fans to stop Spurs winning the league. You've just got to hope this group have got something about them to to kind of know the importance of of this, this game, really. Um, so that's a bit of Brentford and a bit of Arsenal preview. Um, other news this week, Chelsea are supposedly getting Allianz as a sponsor for next season for people who care about sponsors. Cool. Oh my God, there no, you go. I have not seen this really. Yeah. Supposedly Allianz are in talks. Chelsea might be getting Allianz as a sponsor, a shirt yeah, sponsor like for that. next season. Um, like that. We'll have drag out a few years later. <laughs> so have that. Um, 
Joao Felix potentially, Chelsea potentially interested in getting him on a loan for another season. Jay is someone with commitment issues. I quite like this because we're not fully, we're not, we're not definitely committing to him, but we're like, yeah, we'll give you another trial run. We'll give you, you know, it's like, it's like almost, you know, whenever you sign up for like a, uh, a free account you just make so many, as many free accounts as possible to get you for your trial run like that's what we're doing right that's what we're doing i uh, i i kind of like this yeah i, I don't yeah. hate it like i don't have to see a big i mean it will probably be quite an expensive loan but i don't have to see some big big hefty number like stuck right in front of it i could go it's a loan you can be quite fun to watch maybe in a better environment you'll be good but there's no real commitment and there's no real i can't really get hurt by this so i'm, yeah. I'm quite i quite like this idea yeah, same, mate. I mean, if it was if it was buying him, I'd say no. But doing another loan, absolutely, yeah. Why not? He's a good attacking player. Um, definitely got his talents, but also has his weaknesses. So another loan works perfect. Exactly, exactly. You know, as I said, it's just you know just a, another free trial. We're using a different email this time, and it's all it's all good. Um, finally, one of the reasons I also delayed the pod till the weekend instead of you know the week was also because I was hoping for. A Pochettino update, you know, uh, nothing, you know, you, you kind of think it's still heading that way. Jay, I know Spurs fans, you know, Spurs fans, just tell me how you're feeling about the potential of Mauricio Pochettino being chess manager and also just how much joy you would take in the fact that you're seeing your Spurs mates upset that Poch would come to us. That's that's exactly it, mate. I've seen um, people being upset by this because obviously the Tottenham link and I understand that to a point, I do, but like, I mean, they've like it's he will has more likely of a chance to win something with us than he does with them, and that's just beautiful. Imagine Pochettino wouldn't lift enough, even a league cup, you know what I mean? Something he could never do at Tottenham. Imagine their faces. My mate Josh, who I used to do a podcast with, he's already said to me that he's gonna struggle being my friend because of Pochettino. That's so funny. Like, <laughs> like you've got a I think you've got to switch your perspective to that because like looking at it from a from a Tottenham point of view only, if you're gonna look at it from um the fact that you don't want him because he's Tottenham or have him because he was Tottenham and he could win something now is the way I see it personally. And also like just on the pitch as a manager himself, I think is exactly what Chelsea kind of need right now. So I think it's actually, I, I never even like considered it just because of the Tottenham thing. But the second it was kind of like floated around, I was like, hold on, that kind of makes sense. And I like it. And I think he'd get the best out of a lot of players. I think he, he he's already got a plan to get rid of a lot of players, which is something I want to hear. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm happy overall. I think we all need to uh, to get over the Tottenham thing. And I, I saw a good point actually that um, to any Chelsea fan that's like annoyed about the fact that he's like a Tottenham legend, think about Glenn Hoddle and what he did for Chelsea and what he was for Tottenham. Like this thing has happened in the past and worked out for us. And look at the them for example. Look at them trying to replicate our success with Mourinho and Conte and it not working. Like this is a funny good thing. We need to look at it that way. Yeah, exactly. We've seen managers we love go to Spurs and it's not been pleasant. It's not been a nice feeling, but they've ultimately not been successful there. And now the shoe is on the other foot. And I think it's time for us to sort of embrace that as well as the fact that I genuinely do think Mauricio Pochettino is a good, good coach at Chelsea. And look, I mean, he's, if you know, he come, coming in, it won't be a great, you know, Chelsea not in a great place right now. So him coming in, you know, it can't really get much worse because do you want to know a fun stat? Chelsea have lost 11 of their 26 Premier League games since Thomas Tuchel departed, which is which is as many as they lost in his 63 
uh, games between January 2011 and September 2012 in Premier League. Um, so yeah, so, says says quite a lot there. That 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 little that fuel. I'm excited for Poch. I just hope it gets announced soon so fans can just get excited and build because, as I say, Chelsea at the moment are joyless and we just do kind of need to get that news that Chelsea, you know, have got their manager in place for next season so we can look forward to next season and be excited because right now I have absolutely zero really excitement. But if we get that Poch announcement done, then I can be happy, then I can be excited, then I can look forward to what could be, you know, an exciting season. No Europe, but, a, you know, a season where Chelsea, you know, we've seen what Chelsea like in no Europe before. Albeit, I do not think we would be as successful as we are there because the landscape of Premier League has changed a lot since then. But it would just be, you know, just give us something to, to look forward to. But yeah, um, I think that's that's probably said a lot. Genuinely, there was very little to talk about Brentford. It was such a bad, boring game of football. But I was genuinely like, when I was in the ground, I'm thinking like, oh, this is going to be a short podcast episode. And it is going to be a short podcast episode. Probably one of the shortest shortest ones of the season. Um, so we're going to wrap up there. Jay, short but sweet. As, you know, can't get much better than that. Uh, before you go, give yourself one final plug where people can find you and all your work. Thanks, mate. Yeah, lovely, lovely episode it's actually it hasn't been as bad as i thought it'd be talking about chelsea is dire at the minute but it's always a bit better with you my guy um Ch- uh, yeah chelsea channel on youtube like i said it's the main thing that i do uh revolving around chelsea all sorts of content previews match day vlogs uh fan cams all the kind of stuff uh is on my channel j tomlin's fc or jt fc link is in the bio or the description thank you again nick for having us on great podcast make sure you're liking and reviewing this podcast guys appreciate it thank you thank you links will be in the description for jay as for us we're on twitter about chelsea pod we're on instagram about chelsea pod although i don't really use instagram much um we're on all your usual podcast platform fighters apple spotify etc if you've liked what you've heard please leave a rating review and if you don't like what you've heard then just keep it to yourself please because you know one star review benefits absolutely no one um but until the next episode everybody keep a blue flag flying high sports social podcast network